Father, we thank you and we praise you. I wish we'd all been ready. You can be seated for a few moments today. Before the, you start this, I want to just, <clears throat> as I prayed about this morning's service, now that Resurrection Sunday is, is past, and, and uh, looking for a way forward ministerially, uh, utilizing the World Wide Web as much as we can with everything we have. God's given us an appointed, anointed minister to, to do that. And all I have to do is get the word to him. Finally learn how to do it without sending a disc in the mail. Got tech, technologically unimpaired enough to uh, send it to him so he can let, put it on the web and let God send it. So we don't know where it's going. We know it's going because it's up on the World Wide Web. Yeah. And we claim the Scripture when it, we got into that about 13 years ago, some, somewhere along that line, uh, that uh, in the book of Psalms where it said He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from, their, from destruction. Praise God. So that's we know the power of the Word of God. Amen. And, and, and what God has invested in it, it's seed, Jesus said. If it finds a good ground heart, it, in and of itself, will bring forth fruit. 30, 60, and 100 fold to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Faith comes by hearing. That seed is planted. It produces faith in our heart. Amen. Comfort, counsel. It's all vested in the Word of God. Hallelujah. So we bring the Scripture. We get in the Word of God. We were a Word church before there was such a thing as a Word church. Can you say amen? We were preaching the Word before any of those guys came along. That means we've been in it a long time. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I, I want everyone to be ready. I want... My, most of my family is either with the Lord or uh, Matthew prayed with me. To he's always been a good guy, and so he hasn't felt that that you know I, I'm not doing bad things. So sometimes you don't feel as as salvation is that important when you almost feel saved, but you still have to get saved. Yeah. Amen. And so we we prayed in the van, and, and he opened his life and opened his heart to Christ and, and prayed. For, for that and he's uh, he's just a I'm just glad that my family's coming in I want to be ready if you've got family members that are not ready for the coming of Christ if they're not saved then pray for them pray earnestly for them Amen. because what's about to come upon this world is Jesus is coming to this world for his church but what's coming to this world never been a day like it there will never be a day like it again never be a day like it again. The earth has never known what's coming. It's going to come in a compressed time frame. It will not come in the... It's not a seven years of it. First three and a half years is a utopian world out of the chaos. And a lot of people believe the chaos is caused by the rapture because there's a whole lot of us down here. We may be dwindling in certain areas and, and because of the falling away that precedes the coming of the Antichrist. One thing is for sure, amen, when we're gone, until he that left is taken out of the way. When we're gone, the tribulation will begin 
And it will begin with a world leader, a world government, a world monetary system, a world military system, and a world church and a false prophet to lead that world church. And signs, wonders, and miracles, fire, same, trying to mimic what happened when Elijah, the prophet, called down fire. He's going to call it down. It's going to come. But it's a demonic manifestation to confirm a lie. It's not God confirming truth. Amen. Amen. So that's what's coming. The tribulation will come in the last three and a half years of that seven. In fact, Israel's going to buy into it until he desecrates the temple and begins to persecute and try to destroy them. Amen. That's when Jesus said, if you're on the housetop, you come down. If you were a child, you're going to have a real problem. You're going to have to flee because his intention is to destroy the woman that brought forth the man child, the great dragon. Amen. Israel is the lineage by which the seed of the woman which he came through. And the church is the spiritual reflection of that image. He hates the church because we certainly are preaching Jesus and him crucified to the world. Amen. So what's coming and what is looming and the world is oblivious to it and that's what I want to teach and preach on for a little while this morning. They're oblivious to that fact. And many Christians are so caught up in the world that they're almost oblivious. That looking, that longing for the soon coming of Jesus because we got this to deal with, we got that to deal with, this distraction, this discouragement on every hand. And all the things that trouble us and make us fearful. And all the things that burden us down. God wants us to be lifted up. In fact, He wants us to raise our eyes and look upon the fields. For they are white unto harvest. The harvest is indeed plenteous, but the laborers are few. I want to be one of those laborers in, in the harvest field for Christ. I want to use redeeming the time, buying it up, making the best of that time. Because the days are evil, instead of not utilizing it, utilize it even more. Don't put your head in like a turtle because of the threats around us. Amen. But raise your eyes. Look on the fields. And when you see these things begin to come to pass, raise your eyes again. Look up. Why? Because your redemption is coming closer than ever. It's drawing nigh. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So I want to lift you up and I hope you can raise your eyes when you leave this building today. I want to be ready for the coming of the Lord. My pastor, he was so, he would, when I first got saved, Brother Cooper, Brother George Cooper, he heard us saying, he said, I'm a getting ready. I'm a getting, that, that, that's Kentucky style. I'm a getting ready. To leave this world, I'm getting ready for the gates of pearl, keeping my records bright, watching both day and night. I'm getting ready to leave this world. And he stepped up after we sang it and said, We can't sing it that way anymore. I said, Why? Because Jesus said, Be ye ready. Be ye also ready for why? Why do you have to be in that state all the time? Because in an hour, you think not. The Son of Man comes. So we started singing, I am ready. He said, if you're not ready, get ready. So you don't have to get ready when He comes because if you have to get ready when He comes, you're like the five foolish virgins that were not ready for Him to come. Can you say that? They had no oil in their lamp. Oil is a type 
of the Holy Spirit. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to him. Amen. Amen. They went to try to get ready, but it was too late. Because at midnight there was a cry, Go ye out to meet him. And they that had oil in their lamps immediately went out to meet him. They were looking for him. They were ready to go with him. Amen. Amen. And those that didn't have oil in their lamps said, Give us oil. They said, We can't. It don't work that way. We can't, we can't give you what only God and Christ can give you. Go to them that sell. And as they went to try to find oil, the bridegroom came, took the ones that were ready, and they were left behind. I don't want anyone that I know to be left behind. Because what's coming is going to come like a like a snare, the Bible said, upon the earth. Totally unexpected. Because people still believe that someone, and that's why the Antichrist is going to get such a following, that there is someone that can solve all the problems that we're going to face, and there is no one. The tribulation is going to hit the last three and a half years. Even the pit is going to be open where demons have been contained, and they're going to be released to torment people. That's, I mean, that's something out of one of the worst horror movies that you can imagine, let alone 96-pound hailstones falling from the heavens. Where, where, where? You get in your car, get under your car, it's going to pummel your car to the ground and mash you. Where can you go? Where can, where, where can people hide from that? The sun is going to scorch people and give them, uh, it's, it's like an advanced cancer on the skin. The water is going to turn to blood. We killed 60 million kids through abortion. We thought 6 million Jews. 70 million. See, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. 70 million. We have decided to play God and use that as birth control or whatever we want to use it for. And the blood of the first man who died by murder. His innocent blood cried unto God for justice. When Cain slew Abel, Abel's blood cried unto God for justice. Am I my brother's keeper? The blood of your brother is crying unto me right now for justice. One man. And God said, I got the move. I've got to judge that. Can you imagine? Not just the 70 million that we have, we as human beings, not us as Christians. And then the wars. Millions upon millions and civilians. I mean, it's happening right now, the mass graves, and, you know, but it's happened in every war. They call it the casualties of, of, of civilians during the war is, is there's a word for it, but it's impersonal. Collateral damage. Men, women, and children, innocent, non-combatants, don't have a political agenda. They're just trying to live their life like you and I. And yet they're being destroyed because of other people's political agendas. This this is a fallen world. And what's coming is coming ready or not. 
And we're told to be ye also ready. For in an hour you think not, Son of Man come. I wish that we did all been ready when He comes. I want to read about one of the signs of the times. In particular, the signs of the end times. One of the things that the disciples asked Jesus more than anything else. They didn't ask Him much about heaven. They, they, they asked Him about the Father. They wanted to know the Father. But one of the most frequent and, and, and really complete things they asked Him for, what shall be the sign of Your coming? And when shall these things be? It's coming. We want to know when it's coming, what's coming, what to expect. And Jesus gave lengthy answers to them. And I want to read you some of the answer that he gave when that question was asked because it's so relevant to us today. If we are indeed in the last of the last days, if these are the end times, then this is very relevant to us, more relevant than it's ever been. The prosperity message as it has become just a get rich, get rich gospel and stay here gospel and don't get ready for the coming of the Lord because we're going to have heaven on earth. It's useless. It's not God's message. It's not getting anybody alerted and ready for the coming of Jesus. Actually, they're getting more earthbound there. We should be traveling not light right now. I'm traveling light because I'm 75. I'm three score and ten plus five. Brother Taylor, he's, he, he ain't even got a suitcase. He just carries his wallet. Amen. So he can show his ID when he gets to the gate. <laughs> Amen. We're all, we're, we're living on grace. And God's left us here. And He's left us here for a reason. Praise God. Amen. I'm, do I look Dude, I really look 52. I'll, I'll quit messing with my hair. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm glad I'm ready. Amen. Yeah. The trumpet sounds. I don't have to get ready. My pastor taught me a long time ago, if you've got to get ready, you ain't ready. <laughs> so get ready and then stay ready. Unto them that look. That's the people that are longing for Him. Unto them that look. Unto them that look. Unto them that look. He shall appear. The second time. Without sin unto salvation. People who long for Him are looking for Him. Can you say amen? And the Bible said that hope, that looking, that longing for Christ to return is a purifying hope. Hallelujah. What does that mean? That means we just don't get caught up in this temporal world, in this temporary body and its lust for pleasure and satisfaction and convenience We don't get caught up in that because we know our Lord is coming and we are looking and we are longing for His return. It's a love story in the Old Covenant. (laughs) Have you seen my beloved? Have you seen my beloved? It's PG-13. It's sensual. (laughs) Verging on sexual. (laughs) That's how we get young people to read the Old Covenant. It's reading PG-13 so they jump right in there. It's about pure love. But but desire. Have you seen my beloved? Daughters of Jerusalem. Have you seen my beloved? They said, we haven't seen him. She went a little further. She said, I'm not going to stop till I find him. 
because I long for him. Yeah. Amen. He said, He said, You're gonna find me. When You're gonna find me. When you seek after me now and then on a Sunday for an hour. No. When you seek after me with all of your heart. See, making it hard? No. He's saying there's going to be so many distractions. There's going to be so many discouragements. You're going to get so busy with the things of life that you're not going to find me unless you carve out personal time for the Word and for prayer and for devotion and for worship. If you don't carve it out, the world is going to take it away from you and make sure you never spend any time other than church. And I'm going to tell you straight up, I, I don't have time to do that for you this morning. You've got to do that. I've got to do that. Can you say amen? That devotional life we have to develop. But it's so important. It's so important today. Listen to what Jesus said in answer to that question. Luke 17. You could also read this in Matthew. He said in Luke 17, 26 through 30, and as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. Are, are you seeing this? Before we talk about the sins of Sodom, which are very clear, the wickedness of man in Noah's day that prompted God to have to move in judgment. Billy Graham said it this way, if God doesn't judge America, that was way back then. Way back then when he was a younger preacher, now he's with the Lord. But he said, if God doesn't judge America, prosperity message as it has become is that God's going to bless America. We're going to get somebody in office who's going to fix everything. People more enthusiastic about the Christians, more enthusiastic about the second coming of Trump than the second coming of Christ. And as much as that makes us giggle, it's a shame. Yes. I know Christians right now that are political activists and we should get involved and do what we can. But they're, they're giving up on revival. Yes. It's all going to come through the right political person and I'd like to know who he is. I haven't seen nobody that can fix us but Jesus. I'm sorry. doesn't mean we don't vote for a conservative. I'm glad for DeSantis stand here in Florida. Amen. I'm glad we're being more identified with Texas than, uh, than California. Personally. That's my personal political view. But I know he can't fix us. That's right. I know who can. When God said, I'll hear from heaven and heal their land, He meant it. He's not the only one that can. He is the one that can. But if revival doesn't come to the church, we're in no position to intercede effectively. We get caught up in the world. You see what's evolving, what Jesus is telling? There's no sin in eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. There's no sin in building and starting businesses. None of that is sin in and of itself. 
And yet we think it's just the sin of Lot's day, the, the homosexuality that was rampant. We think of the, the sin, the wickedness of man becoming so great that God said, you know, I, I, I made him, but I almost wish I hadn't made him because of the hurt that is being caused to one another. Let me see this person here. It wants to come in. Hello. Come right in. Come right on in. This is our last day here. I'm glad you found us. Praise the Lord. Come right in, son. Growing, man. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. As it was in the days of Lot. As it was in the days of Noah. Question that's posed to us in 21st century Christianity: Does our culture reflect the same attitudes that those cultures reflected? Does the world as we know it today are we doing what they were doing? And see, there's nothing wrong with all of that. Remember what was taught in the New Testament: Go to now. Yeah. Look here. Think about what you're saying. You that say. Tomorrow we will go do this. Next week we will go do that. Next month we will go do that. You don't know what another day is going to bring. And yet you're acting like you can count on tomorrow. You're acting like the future is yours and, and nothing's going to interrupt that. You should rather say, if the Lord will acknowledge God in your plans. He's sovereign. He's in control. He wants to be our, our, our sovereign and our Savior, our Lord and Savior. But man is presumptuous as it was in the days of Lot. What was happening in Lot's day? It was marked by homosexuality. And that's the glaring sin. But Jesus here isn't even mentioning that. You know what he's mentioning in Lot's day? He's mentioning by selling, marrying, giving in marriage, all the things that we do to live our life and make a living. What's wrong with that? What is the problem? The problem is that Lot tried to get his sons-in-law to get out of the city. He warned them that judgment was coming. And how did they react? I'm going to read it to you from the Scripture, but they just blew him off. It, in, in light of the looming judgment and someone sounding the alarm and the warning, the message here is business as usual. You know what's happening in the church right now? Church world? in light of the soon coming of Jesus, in light of the tribulation that's about to break as soon as the rapture occurs, you know what's happening in the church? The same old routine. There's no sense of alarm. There's no sense of I need to get closer to God. There's no real sense of I need to get my family under the covering of God so they're not left behind to experience the tribulation. It's business as usual. The message of judgment to come is caricatured 
You know what you see in the New Yorker magazine, other magazines? It's a caricature of a prophet sounding a warning. There's this little guy out there in the public arena, in the marketplace. He's, he's, he's got on a white robe or something. He's carrying a little sign. You know what the little sign says that's so laughable in our generation? It says, repent, the end is near. Repent, the end is near. And everybody smiles and says, you know, that's so, so crazy. Amen. They scoff at that. You rarely hear that message in the church of Jesus Christ today. When Paul was before Felix, the governor, and, and what he, he used to take bribes to turn people loose and let them go. And he called for Paul expecting to receive something from him. He's going to have them take an offering, give me some money to get him out of jail or house arrest. And instead, he got the gospel. Amen. And when the gospel was preached, there was an effect of it on him that isn't seeming to affect people anymore. It said when he was done preaching the gospel to him, Felix trembled. Felix trembled. It shook him. It ought to shake people today. The coming of the Lord is closer now than it was then. The tribulation is coming right after that. It needs to shake people today. I need the shaking. You need the shaking. When I worked for Tampa Electric, there was a crew just after I went to work for them many years ago. They passed a house of smoke coming out of the window. And they went into an old wooden porch frame house. They had a screen door and the guy knocked on the door and nobody came so he went inside. There was a guy laying in the back room drunk. His cigarette had started the, the curtains on fire. And he went back there and shook that man. And said, the house is on fire. Get out of here. He went over, he was choking already on smoke, and he shook him. And you know what the guy did? He swung and cursed him. He said, what are you doing in my house? He said, sir, your house is on fire. You've got to get out of here. And he was still coming out of that, that alcohol stupor. He was still cursing him, wanting to fight him. And of course, the guy that I worked with, you did not want to fight him sober, let alone drunk. I mean, he was going to clock him and take him out of there and drag him out if he had to to keep him from getting burned up. We need to shake him. We're living in the last of the last days and we need a shaking. If there's not a shaking, then you know what's going to happen in the church? Same thing that's happening in the world. It's business as usual. We've got the same routine, the message of judgment to come. Listen, Felix, the governor, he reasoned of righteousness and temperance. God's going to judge you for your actions. Amen. Temperance means self-control. You can live your life out of control, giving and indulge the flesh if you want to, but sin is still sin. It still brings justice and judgment from God. He reasoned of righteousness 
of judgment, of temperance, and of judgment to come. And you know how it affected him? He said he trembled. The Apostle Paul was right with God, but he trembled. He trembled. You know why Israel went so wrong that they went into captivity? They quit fearing God. Not dreading God, but recognizing He's God. He may be your father, but He's not your old man. The fear of the Lord for a believer Old and New Testament should be rendered this way. De-reverence. With awe and affection. We love Him. Did anybody ever see the movie based on C.S. Lewis's Narnia Chronicles? Narnia. This young girl sees Aslan, a type of Christ, in that analogy of a mighty lion. What's so sad in there when this lion with all of his power is tied down and killed because he let them do it. But he didn't have to do it. But the question was asked. She saw that lion in all of his power and she said, is he dangerous? And the person escorting her said, yes. But he's good. Can you say amen? Yes, he's dangerous. He has the he has the power, amen, to 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 allow you into heaven. And he has the power and the authority to consign you to hell. Is he dangerous? Is he to be reckoned with? Can we treat him as some Grandpa that that is old and senile and and isn't going to ever get around to dealing with the wickedness and the hurt and the harm. Seventy million. Is that global? Globally. Through abortion. The blood of one cries for justice. Is God getting around to it? The tribulation says when the cup of His indignation is full. When the cup of his when it builds up, it's filling, it's filling up, it's a cumulative judgment. And that's why it's coming in such a compressed time. But it's coming. As sure as the Bible is true, as sure as there's a heaven, there's a hell, as sure as there's a God, there's a devil, as sure as the Antichrist is coming, Jesus Christ is coming. Amen. I want to be ready. And I want to take as many people with me as I can. The devil knows his destiny and he wants to take as many people with him as he can. Awake now that sleepeth. Arise from the dead. We're waiting on God to send revival and God is waiting us to get up. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Revival sitting right here in me. I have the Holy Spirit. I have Christ. I have the Father living within me. Rise up. Glory to God. Arise and what? Shine. For your light has come. Isaiah 16. The glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Where's that message of judgment to come? It's a passe message. It's an antiquated message. It no longer fits into the modern church world today. We're raising funds 
We don't want to bother people with, with judgment looming. We're trying to build our annex. We're trying to build our fellowship hall. One man wouldn't let one preacher come because he said, you're, 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 you're too negative. My, my people just need lifting up on Sunday. So every Sunday is a feel-good service. I want to feel, feel good when I leave here because I want the Holy Ghost to cleanse me while I'm here. I want to leave here right with God. I want to leave here ready for the coming of Jesus. I want to leave here as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. When He separates the sheep from the goats, I want Him to know which one I am. Amen. And you say, man, I do not want to blend with the culture. I don't want to be like those two bulls I told you about. You remember? You don't? I get to tell it again. <laughs> two big old bulls and they got the pasture and all the cows belong to them. They're happiest clans. One day a semi-truck tractor that pulls a semi-truck come pulling the trailer with the biggest bull with the longest horns. They weighed about 1,200 pounds each and a 2,000 pound bull stepped out and shook the ground when he hit it out of the back of them. And he'd come out snorting and he'd come out kicking and one of them bulls standing by the other, they're so intimidated. And that one starts snorting, kicking back at him. And he said, you mean you're going to stand up to that bull? He said, oh, no. I just want him to know I'm not a cow. <laughs> Hang on. It'll be okay. I know. I know. Hey, Amen. Isn't, isn't that important? <laughs> Well, I'm not part of the world. Come on. I'm in it. Thank God I'm not of it. Amen. Amen. I'm marching to the beat of a different drummer. I, I'm not going to try to accommodate the culture in the world or in the church anymore. Prosperity message has become a get rich gospel and get comfortable here gospel. It has no value now. Money can't buy you the peace that only God can give. Amen. Amen. Money can't buy you the peace that only God can give. Money can't buy you the safety that only Christ offers. The kingdom of God is still the true riches. Amen. Because it's not meat and drink, but it's righteousness. It is peace, supernatural peace. And it's joy, warrior joy in the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the day that the Son of Man cometh. What did they do? What did He say? What do we know? The wickedness of man became great in the earth. That's what we glean. So we don't see our busyness as as being like them. We don't see our distraction as being like them. We don't see our too busy for God to be anything near what he was talking about and yet he's not mentioning and harping on the wickedness when Jesus said he said they built it they married they gave in marriage they did all of these things that we all do while judgment was looming they were oblivious to it it didn't change their busyness they kept right on doing 
what they were doing, assuming presumptuously that life is going to continue just like it is. Nobody liked this virus coming along, but it was a shaky. It was a shaky. Yes, sir. I'm not telling you God sent it. I'm telling you He allowed it because He's sovereign. If He didn't allow it, it couldn't come. Trump lost the election. Booty who? Can you say amen? Amen. If God didn't allow it, it wouldn't have happened. If the Democrats stole it and God willed it, they took it from God. That means that politicians are more powerful than God Almighty. Politicians are not that powerful. Can you say amen? Booty who? Oh, friend, we need a revival in the church, not just a new political activism. We need to get active. We need to vote and we need to pray. But we need to be shaken and we need to be stirred. And business as usual isn't stirring people today. Most people right now are getting out of the church. We're just getting cranked up. I've apologized that for that for almost 50 years. Not tired of apologizing for it. This is time we'll spend. This is the best time you'll spend today. Can you say nothing else you do today is as important? Amen. It's fruitful to you. It's what's happening right now. The worship of your God. The word from your God. Amen. Hallelujah. If I asked everybody, do you believe we're living in the last days? Everybody would certainly say yes. How has that changed our value system? How has that changed our routine? Are we seeking God? Drawing closer to God? Are we doing what we've always done in light of that truth that we're well aware of? That's what was happening in Lot's day. That's what was happening in Noah's day. That's how Jesus answered their question. You can see the condition of the culture in Noah's day in Genesis six five. And God saw that the and God saw. Say it with me. God saw. Remember that. That's important. There's nothing. Scripture said. Brother Taylor verified this with me. There's nothing hid from the eyes of Him of whom we have to do. Amen. He that covereth his sin and think God can't see it shall not prosper. But he that confesses and forsakes yes, shall have mercy. Amen. That's repentance. It's not just confession. It's confessing and forsaking. Can you say man? It's not just weeping over it. It's doing something about it. Can you say man? Hallelujah. It's not just feeling conviction, it's responding to it. Hallelujah. There's nothing hid. Nothing hid. That's why I said, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great. His capacity for evil is what that means. It's not just what he was doing. It's what he would do if he thought no one saw him and would catch him. It's what he would do. It's what was going on in his fallen heart do you realize in New York City when they had a power outage people were alerted you better lock your door because right now we can't send police to you with no system running or no backup system nothing redundant so they can keep it going do you realize what would happen if there were no police 
you better pack some heat. You, you, you better wear some, what is it? What's the vest? Little big vest? Kevlar vest? Put on a football helmet? Get yourself a ball bat? Put on your mean face. Oh, I know you've got, don't look at me like that. you got a mean face. Just ask your husband. I mean, no, that's, that's okay. I'll ask your husband. Find out if you've got a mean face. I believe you. Don't have to show me. What would happen? Lawlessness. They, they just raided a store and took $400,000 worth of stuff, a gang of thieves, because they're soft on crime out in California. They took 400000 Luis Kitten or whoever. It's one of those name brand stuff that none of us can afford. I just sell a kidney to fill up with gas. I hope it lasts me a while. I only got one left. <laughs> No, not quite. Just a love. What was the condition? And God saw. And God saw. And God saw. Why? Because there's nothing hid from the eyes of Him of whom we have to do. That's why the Bible says if you're trying to cover up sin instead of confess sin and repent of it, God sees that. He doesn't receive any prayer until it's from the heart and you mean business. There's false repentance and it doesn't change anything. God sees. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. David said, David said after his great sin, when I held my peace, in Psalm 32, when I held my peace, my bones waxed old with roaring all day long. My moisture turned to drought. I wasn't right with God. I was under conviction and I couldn't enjoy sin and I couldn't enjoy life and he had all the things that being a king could give him and he couldn't enjoy any of it because he wasn't right with God. But there's a peace that comes when you're right with God and there's a confidence that comes when you're right with God and there's a consolation that comes when you're right with God and it's okay. It's all right to get right. With God. One of my favorite sayings, there's nothing wrong with God. Oh, I want to say that again. There's nothing wrong with getting right with God. So if someone is challenging us to get right with God, bring it on. I want to be right with God. I want to be ready for the coming of Jesus. I want a covering over me in this dangerous fallen world. Hallelujah. That's what I want. In fact, I demanded if I wasn't preaching, I'd be looking for a preacher that would lay it on me this morning. Not pat me on the head, pat me on the back, and tell me, oh, everything's going to be great. God's going to make you rich. He's going to keep any problems from befalling you here in life of the soon coming of Jesus, here in the light of the tribulation and the judgment of God about to fall. Is that the message that we need? No. We need to get ready and be ready message. We need something that shakes us the house's own fire. We don't need to be inebriated with the cares of this life. Just as inebriated with the cares of this life as that man was 
on liquor laying in that bed with his house on fire. What church, what, what church the word? The deceitfulness of riches. If I make enough and have enough, I'll find fulfillment. As a Christian, you ought to know better. Amen. As a Christian, you ought to know better. But i got to work overtime because i got to have that phone. That phone is more important than my spiritual life. I've got to have that boat. I've got to have that truck, that house, that car, that watch, that ring. And it's worth putting my soul in jeopardy and putting Christ second place. It's worth every Sunday staying up. Listen, if you think you can keep the victory on your own, you were not designed that way. Forsake not the assembly of yourself together as some is, no, as a whole lot are in this generation. Why? 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 Forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is, but much more as you see. You're supposed to see this and know this and react and respond to this knowledge as you see the day approaching. What day? The day of the Lord. It hasteneth greatly. We're not children of the night or the darkness that that day overtake us as a thief. But you are children of life. Walk. Live your life, your behavior, your values, your morals as children of light. Live differently. House is on fire. The world's not going to stay the same. It's not going to last. Jesus coming soon means the tribulation is coming soon. So if you think you can, by faith, live in a bubble where it's going to affect the world, but it's not going to affect you, you're already affected with judgments. For as I'm concerned, God allowed what has happened to shake us and to wake us. Come out of her, my people. That you be not a partaker of her plagues. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Hallelujah. As it is written, I will walk in them. I will live in them. And they shall be, I will be a father to them, and they shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord. Dearly beloved, having these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. Can you say, man, is that the Bible today? Sanctification comes through separation. That don't mean you don't go to work, but you just don't blend. That doesn't mean you don't have a hobby, but you don't let it take the place of your walk with God. Amen. Amen. God wants to shake us today because God wants to wake us today. Is it okay if your house is on fire and you are inebriated? And I don't mean alcohol necessarily. Whatever it is that you're in a deep sleep. The problem is, church today, as far as I'm concerned and what I see, and I don't know what you see, is in a deep sleep because we have a routine and we think the routine is going to be enough. It's not without something to interrupt that. 
We sing that song. We give that offering. We do this thing and we're done for the day. And no one's life style changes in light of what we know to be true. No one's. It's the same. And what Caesar saying is going to be like it was in Lot's day in your day. What did they do? Well, I'm not, I'm not gay. Well, I'm happy, but I'm not gay. You understand the difference. Well, I'm not gay. It's not like Lot's day. I'm not into that, that pinky stuff. Well, what a, what a, did he mention that? Did he mention that? Did he mention that? My heart is not wicked. I'm not mean and murder in my heart. Did he mention that? As it was. When he answered, I'm not talking about going back to Genesis. I'm talking about what he said. Comparing our culture. Culture of his day to that day. What did he mention? In light of his coming and the judgment to come. People living their life in the same routine. No time for God. No place for God. Taking time for church is a burden. I need that time to replenish from all my work. Seriously? Seriously? I'd rather be home watching TV than to get up and get ready and get in church. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together so we can get a good offering. No. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together so we can build an annex. No. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Why? Because we should be in the know. And the next verse says exhorting one another. To exhort means to build up. But in the context, it means to strongly encourage, not just generally, but specifically in right living. To challenge. To be challenged. We need the challenge from God. And God is challenging us to change things today. And we don't like change. We'd rather live in that rut. And that's, that's a church asleep at the wheel. God wants to wake us up. That's what revival is. They call it a spiritual awakening. Can you say that? A spiritual awakening. So what does he say is the problem? He said, he said it's, it's business. It's business as usual. Knowing what we know. And yet, it doesn't affect our values. It doesn't affect how we spend our money. It doesn't affect our time. And yet we're told to rise from the dead. He'll give you life. Redeem the be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. But be ye filled with the Spirit understanding what the will of the Lord is. Can you say amen? God saw He saw that every imagination of the thoughts of His heart was only evil continually. Not just what He was doing, but what He was capable of doing if He wasn't afraid of getting caught doing it. Just like Noah's day, we're living in perilous times. 
marking the last days just like Noah. Just like Noah's day, they went about business as usual, lived their lives as if God would never, ever get around to judging them for their sin. But God saw it. You know what Isaiah 29.15 said? It said, Woe to them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord and their works that are in the dark. And they say, listen, and they say, Who seeth us? And who knoweth us? You know who sees and knows? We're gonna we're gonna hide our evil intentions. We're gonna hide our, our wicked works. We're gonna cover our sins so deep. He won't see it. He won't be aware of it. We'll never have to account for it. One of the things that's missing in churches all over the place, and I deal with up to 60 pastors sometime I've got to speak to, is accountability. There's absolutely no responsibility. There's no accountability. If I show up, fine. If I don't show up, fine. If I give, it's okay. If I don't give, it's okay. It's all okay. It's all up to me. I'm going to live my life on my terms as a Christian, oblivious of what God has said is the standard. And I'm going to dare to call Him Lord. I'm going to have the audacity to call Him Lord. And I believe when we're in trouble, we call on the Lord. I don't know about you, but I call on the Lord. But I want Him to be my Lord. He is Lord. That's not the issue. The issue is, is He my Lord? Is He your Lord? Because many will say on that day that stand before Him that are in this presumption. Lord! Lord! We've done mighty works in Your name. We've even cast out devils in Your name. Lord! Lord! No man can call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Spirit. He has to draw you. No man comes to me except my Father. Draw them. And it's only through the revelation of the Holy Spirit that you can truly know Christ. To call Him Lord and mouth those words and not have that experience and have that same old heart is not biblical salvation. And if we question that today, we're told you're judging. You're judging. No, God has judged it in His Word. He has prejudged this. We don't have to. We're not qualified to judge it, but God certainly is. Amen. I heard a preacher the other day on television say, you people that are wondering if somebody saved, you call yourself fruit inspectors or you're just judgmental people. You know what Jesus said about that? I always compare what people say to what He said I generally go with Jesus. How about you? Even when I don't like what He says sometimes because it convicts me, I still go with Jesus because I want to be right with God. Because I need Him when I need Him. I need Him to hear me when I call. I don't want to play games with this. This is not a game. This is serious. You can't play roulette with it. Hope that you won't get in trouble. Don't seek to hide or counsel from the Lord. Do like David. Search me, O Lord. I got in deep trouble through sin. 
almost destroyed my life and other people's lives. And I don't want to fall into that trap. I want you to search me. And if there's some unclean way that I'm not aware of because of my heart being desperately wicked above all things and deceitful, bring it to the surface. Why? Because he said, I don't want to to fall into that pit and that place I was. I I don't want to do that anymore. I want to live right. I want your blessing. And he got it. And he got his forgiveness. Hallelujah. He died with the testimony. The sweet psalmist of Israel, a man after God's own heart. Can you say man? Let's hurry up and get through because I know you not only is is the topic hard, the seats are too. I should get a good amen from you. I should get a better amen from that. Thank you. He doesn't have as much padding. Anyway, moving right along. In Noah's day, they had 120 years. He worked on the ark for 120 years building. They had 120 years to repent. You know what the Bible said in the New Testament? Noah a preacher of righteousness. So while he was building that ark, he preached how to get right with God. Well, he wouldn't have held them all. That's because God knew they wouldn't listen. Just like Noah's day. If they had repented, not all the flood wouldn't have came in the first place. If they had, if a few of them had repented, he would have made room for them on the ark and built it bigger. There would have been a space for repentance, but God knew they would not. So save yourself, your family, and the animals. That's all that can be saved. Hebrews eleven seven by faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear prepared an ark to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Hallelujah. Second Peter 2, 4-9. through You won't hear this very often. Get it while you can as we work to close. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness. Did you ever stop to consider that, that he preached for 120 years? A preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. They had an opportunity, but it was business as usual. And turning the cities of Sodom, Lot, here we are, turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow making them an example to those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot, who was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, and he was troubled. He moved in there for material gain, but he was troubled every day that he lived there, seeing the sinfulness of the city. For that righteous man dwelling among them, in seeing and hearing, what's on television, what's on the media, seeing and hearing, what's on the job, seeing and hearing, vexed, troubled his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust to the day of judgment to be punished. Does God see? Yes. Yes, He does. 
does he move in justice? Yes. yes. Seventy million innocent babies killed for our convenience, mercy. One man's blood cries for justice. God saw it. Underneath the throne. You know who's underneath the throne that close to God? Martyrs. Those that have been slain for the sake of the gospel down through time. They're talking to God in the book of Revelation. What do they say? You're a God of justice. You're a God of mercy, but they rejected mercy. We told them how much you loved them. We told them how much you cared. And they didn't care. And they killed us for telling them. So what are they saying? What is happening today in heaven, in the throne room? Voices are being heard. That's why the tribulation is coming. How long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? Would you not avenge our blood upon the inhabitants of the earth? Yes, thank God. He said, just a little while longer. Until your brethren that shall also be slain for the sake of the see the cup of his indignation is filling up. It's filling up. Yes. Judgment to come is a passe message. It doesn't fit our modern day seeker friendly. Get you in, get you out, get you to the restaurant, and get you back next week. Never shake you. Never shake you. I refuse to get in that that spiritual deception. I don't care how many programs there are to entertain me. I don't come to be entertained. I come to worship the true and the living God. And I don't come to be given some kind of pablum message on Sunday. I come to be challenged. Lord's day like Noah's day and like our day. No fear of the Lord. No fleeing the wrath to come. No responding to the call of repentance. It was and is business as usual. Eat, drink, marry, give in marriage. Bought, sold, planted, building. In light of the soon coming of the Lord, it did not affect their daily lives. Judgment was looming. They didn't know till the flood took them that it was even coming. And yet there was a preacher of righteousness for 120 years. Genesis 19 and 14. And Lot went out and spake to his son-in-laws which married his daughters and said, Up! Now his daughters were virgins. These were espoused, but he counted them as family already in that espoused. They were men of Sodom. Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. Oh, boy, they were so glad to hear that they had an opportunity to be saved. No, they were not, and they are not today. Listen, they don't believe it's coming. 
What, how was the reaction? But he seemed as one that mocked unto his son-in-laws. They scoffed at it. You can't be serious, old man. Are you serious? It didn't faze them. To them he seemed joking, one translation said. They thought it to be absurd. They scoffed at the very thought of judgment. i got to read this just before we close. It's time to quit almost. This is our last day here. We can cheat for three minutes. You think? This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, both which I stir up, 2 Peter 3, stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you might be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, there's knowing this first, knowing there shall come in the last day scoffers, just like Lot's day, walking after their own lust and saying, where's the promise of His coming? For since our fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. And they don't want to hear it. They don't want to believe it. Listen to verse 5. They could if they would, but they don't want to. But this they willingly are ignorant of. Willingly ignorant of. That by the word of the Lord the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished or was destroyed. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. One day is with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any perish, but that all come to what? Repentance. Not just get the free ticket to heaven. Amen. I don't believe in salvation without repentance. I don't it, repentance is not a work to earn anything. It's changing your mind about your sin and who's going to be your sovereign. Can you say amen? amen. You, you you know where I'm coming from today. <laughs> amen. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with great noise, and the elements melt with fervor and heat. The earth also and the work therein shall be burned up. Do you believe the postmodern world and the postmodern church deserves to hear this message from the Word of God? Do you believe the world out there, even if they reject it, at least they deserve to hear it? Amen. To have the opportunity. Business as usual. Last warning from Jesus to His people about this. Luke 21, 34. In the context of the last days, the sign of His soon coming, take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with the very things He's talked about Lot's day and Noah's day. With drunkenness, surfeiting, eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, building, business. And the cares of this life so that that day come upon you unawares. 
For as a snare or a trap, it shall come all, upon all them that dwell on the face of the earth. Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that you might be accounted worthy to escape. Oh, I'm glad it's here. I'm glad this word is here. To escape all these things. I believe in the pre-tribulation rapture of the church. Because I do not believe that the righteous are destined for wrath but to obtain salvation. I do not believe God is going to judge the righteous with the wicked. I do not believe the church needs to be purified by going through the tribulation because every child of God that's already dead and went to heaven were purified by the blood and sanctified by the Word. I've already defended my theology. (laughs) Ain't nothing to argue about. (laughs) We're not appointed to wrath. And yet when they saw, when they saw in the book of Revelation, the great men, small men, call to the mountains to fall on them and hide them from the from the face of him that sits on the throne and the wrath of the Lamb. The tribulation is God's justifiable anger being poured out. We have been saved. We have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Can you say that? And we don't have to go through the tribulation to be purified. Amen. Because now you're clean through the Word that I've spoken to you. And if you don't believe you're clean through the Word, that, that feeling that you got just a while ago while we were talking about He that covereth His sin shall not prosper. Amen. That was God doing some cleansing down in there. Holy Ghost wrote a rooter. Can you say, come on, I'm serious today. I'm serious. There's a lot of junk in the line. And we need to get it gone. Arise and shine. Hallelujah. Arise from the dead. Christ will give you light. Do you see the difference in hearing Sodom and thinking homosexuality? I'm not gay. Well, you should be happy. I'm not wicked and murderous like... Well, that's not what he talked about. What he talked about in light of the soon coming of Jesus and the judgment to come, we should live our life with different priorities in the world about us. Don't let your heart. That word overcharge means to be burdened, to be pressed down. It was just like Lot living in that city. His righteous soul was troubled by what he saw and heard every day. But you know why he stayed there? Because when he went there, he saw that it was such a prosperous place. He went there for material gain. And for the last 20 years, we've had a materialistic message through the church that has captivated and captured a big part of the evangelical and charismatic in particular community. And caused us to be earthbound instead of longing and looking for our sovereign and our Savior. I want to pose this question to you in light of Lot's day and Noah's day and our day. What about our lives? Forget the homosexuality of Lot's day and the spiritual debauchery and 
and forget the murderous and hateful and meanness of Noah's day. And think about in light of the soon coming of Jesus, in light of the tribulation, in light of the judgment, how should we be living our lives? How busy are we? How busy am I? Too busy to pray? Too busy to go to the website and listen to a sermon? Too busy to come to God's house and worship Him? Because I need my rest. More important than my soul and my spirit and what God says in His own Word. Yet I'm a Bible believer. I'm a Bible believer. I'll hit you with it, but don't ask me to account to it. Can you say, man, don't ask me to account to it. Because I don't account to you and I don't account to God. I'm a free agent Christian. There is no such thing. And without a revival, the church will represent what's going on in the culture. And the culture represents what was going on in Lot's day. Yes. Just too busy for God. Jesus said, watch out for that. Don't let your heart come under the same burden, the same pressure, have the same physical ailments and the same nerve problems, the lack of peace that the world has. I want you to be children of the kingdom. I want you to show the world a different value system. And I want want you to show them the peace of it. I want you to show them the joy of it. And I want you to show them the power of being truly right with God means you're going to pray and God's going to answer. Can you say amen? People are going to say, hey, something different about that person. Praise God. They have a connection with God. Hallelujah. Amen. They're, They're not hopeless and they're not helpless. They're prisoners of hope. How many glad he said we can escape these things and stand before him, amen, at the Bema, but not stand at the great white throne, nor the tribulation. Praise God. Just before we pray, let's get ready, Brother Lincoln. I know you're tired. I know you're hungry. I know the chairs are hard, but God is moving. You can be comfortable and you can be in the restroom by now, but you won't be challenged. You're here today to be challenged. You're not here today to be comfortable. You're not here to be in the restroom already. You're not to be like the world, serving drunkenness, the cares of this life, that that day overtake you like it's about to overtake them. Somewhere here, it says, somewhere here, just for another moment. Hallelujah. 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 I prefer the brethren. 
Oh, my darling's my precious one. As a mother hen raises her wings when the lightning flashes, the thunder comes, the predators come. They run for shelter. She takes them under her wings. Run to me today. For the storm is coming. Run to me, and I will keep thee from the hour of temptation that is coming to try all the inhabitants of the earth. Because you've kept the word of my patience, I will keep you, saith the Lord. This is worth more than the gold and the silver, the fortune, the fame, the pleasures of the flesh. This is not for sale. At any price, it's been bought and paid for just for you. Run to me, and I will keep thee as I have promised, saith the Lord. Let's give him praise today before we leave this place. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Thank you for honoring the Word of God.